welcome to Body Talk, where we strive to go through life with our eyes open. My name is Spencer Kaufman, coming at you from 103.5 FM The Sun Community Radio. If you're tuning in for the first time today, past broadcasts are available on sunprairiemediacenter.com and also on the Body Talk podcast at spencerkaufman.com. Also, if this is your first time, take a look at last week's broadcast because it was, this is a part two. It's a two-part broadcast. Last time we talked about the rights. We talked about legal rights of knowing what everybody is saying. Are you legally allowed to read other people and know information that they may not want you to know? Are, is it something, are you imposing upon their legal rights when you are reading other people and when you are seeing body language leakage signs that they may or may not know that they are displaying. Today we are going to talk about the other side of it. We are going to talk about moral rights. So if you didn't hear last week, take a listen to it. Otherwise, you can keep listening to this, but listen to that after this because it doesn't have to be in order necessarily. It's just two sides of the coin and we're talking about moral obligations and moral rights this time. So Last week we started it, it was a cautionary tale about the legal and moral rights of being able to read people and know exactly what everybody is really saying. We talked about the legal side of the things, and a quick summary is that people have legal rights. And I'm going to give you a little spoiler because I'm going to jump right ahead to what I think is the proper conclusion of it, is that if people have legal rights, And if they want to hide something, it is their legal right to do so. However, if hiding something is violating someone else's right or rights, then it is our duty to see that justice is properly served. Now, this is the moral side of things. If someone is hiding something, and whatever they are hiding infringes upon or is hurting someone else, then it is our right or maybe even our moral obligation to step in and determine what is going on so that whatever that person is doing to harm someone else is stopped. If a terrorist wants to blow up a bank and they are hiding that, it is their right to conceal that information. It is. It is their right. If they want to commit a crime, they can commit a crime. We, we can't stop people from committing crimes, from committing all crimes. It's their right. We have free will. We have free choice. If you want to do something, it's your right to do so. However, if you are going to infringe upon someone else's rights, such as the bank owner's right to have the bank there, then there's going to be a problem. And now it is my moral obligation. If I can be able to know that that's going to happen, then I am obligated to stop that. If I see something being done, and I have the ability to prevent harm from happening, isn't it my my obligation, I would even say, it is my charge to stop that. And if I sit back and let it happen, man, I think that's bad. That's a dilemma. Now I'm in the wrong. I could have stopped that, and I chose, I willingly chose not to stop it. That could be trouble. Now, obviously, some things like with children, You can see that your kid is going to experience something. I mean, a lot of times we we let kids, uh, for example, one time 
there was this big snow pile. And it was in the spring. So the snow was that like ice crystally snow. And one of the kids that I was, uh, I used to work with juvenile delinquents. And one of these delinquents, now, when, when working anywhere in the delinquent services or children's services, anything like that, as a, an employer, uh, an employee, we are under so many rules. Those kids are like our kids, but it's to the max. Like, if you do something or if you let them do certain things or this X, Y, Z, you are putting them in harm's way. You are letting them do something that could be dangerous. You are at fault for that, and, and you have to take, like, extra good care of them and make sure that what they're doing is proper. I mean, it's, it's not only moral in that, hey, I have a big impact on these children's lives, but it's also legal in that if you let them do something or if you do something or if you teach them something wrong, now you could be up for legal charges as well. But anyway, the, this big snow pile was out there, and the kid was like, wow, what, I want to climb that. And most people that I worked with were like, no, we don't, they weren't there, but they would, they would have said, no, we're not going to climb the snow pile. Why not? Well, probably because they just didn't want to do it. And I said, yeah, you want to run up there? Go ahead. And so this kid was super excited and he starts going and he's going to run up there and he took, takes two steps into the bottom of the pile and sinks up to his knees in the snow. Now, did that hurt him? No. But then he came out and, and I said, well, how did that go? And he said, not good. I said, are you ever going to try to climb that pile again? Nope. Why? And then we talked about it. Hey, in the spring when the snow looks like that crystally stuff, it's not climbable. It's all soft and mushy. It's all melted. You're not going to get anywhere. You could practically walk through that pile. He learned. Is it some things that you allow your kids to do or allow other people to do is a learning experience. Now, I could have willingly, and I know I could have prevented him from sinking it up to his knees, but then he wouldn't have learned. So some things are done as learning experiences. However, still, if you can willingly prevent something from being harmed, like if he was going to get hurt doing that, and I said, yep, go ahead and do it, and I knew he was going to get hurt, that is where I, the problem is. So if you can knowingly prevent or knowingly stop someone from hurting themselves or someone else, and you choose not to do so, now you are wasting a talent and you're actively choosing to let those people be harmed. And to me, that is a crime in and of itself. That is a big moral crime. It can't be a legal crime because it's hard to prove any of that. But it is a very big moral crime. So if you have the gift of being able to read people and understand what they are really saying, and you're given the opportunity to uncover a lie or uncover anything that could harm other people, then it is your duty, it is your charge to bring that to light. And by not doing so, you really are wasting a talent. It is a talent, it is a gift that you have, and you're actively choosing to let other people be harmed, that is not good. And I will have a very big problem with that if I ever see you in real life or anywhere. That's, that's just something that it, it, you have this ability and even, okay, so if it's a gift and it's natural and you can see all this stuff, then yes, use it. And if you are learning to use all of this stuff, then now it is a gift that you have acquired, you have learned to use. Therefore, definitely, definitely do not waste that talent. Still though, if there are some people that you see that they need to experience certain things or learn certain things, 
then it, to create a teachable moment and to create something that they can learn from, as long as they aren't getting harmed, put them in a teachable moment. Educate them. People will remember things much, much better, and they will learn from them and gain knowledge and wisdom a lot quicker if they experience it directly. So by that child running up the snow pile and sinking in, he learned that that type of snow is not good for that. Now he will remember that, and now he will be able to teach that years from now to his kids or to someone else or anything like that. He'll know. He gained wisdom, knowledge, and experience of that particular scenario, and he didn't get harmed doing so. If you, Anytime you have the ability to teach someone else knowledge and wisdom, experience, without harming them, that is an excellent opportunity that you should definitely take advantage of. So, the dilemma here is even though you may see something that someone else doesn't want you to see, you are reading emotions they want to hide. But if you're doing it for the right reasons, then there's no problem in that. If they are hiding their emotions for the wrong reasons, such as to harm people, and you are reading them for the right reasons, such as to help people, then I would say you are even legally obligated to expose that potential harm and put a stop to it. That is something that you are legally and definitely morally obligated to do so. Not even obligated, but that's just within your own sense of self. As human beings, we are here to help other people and to be good to other people, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to work for the betterment of the community of mankind, and also for ourselves, of course. We have to be working for ourselves to better ourselves. What is the number one thing that they say on the airplanes? Hey, when the oxygen masks drop down, put your own mask on first. Now, why would you put your own mask on if we're supposed to help other people? Well, if you cannot breathe, then you cannot help anybody else, can you? Therefore, make sure you are helping yourself as well as helping other people. If you are not in a good place, you cannot help other people get to a good place. Look at all of the thousands of stories of recovered drug addicts and alcoholics and all these things. And where are they? They are now in programs that are helping other people recover. Why? Because they have gotten to a better place. Now they are helping other people get to that better place. They help themselves first. Now they're helping other people. Therefore, make sure you are in a good place before helping other people. That's definitely, but you all, you definitely want to be helping other people too. So even though, the, now, with the legal things, is if they do not want their emotions to be seen, then it is their right to conceal them. Now, if they don't know how to conceal them, then that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch them, because if you have this gift, that's something that you can see, you should be able to see that. That's your right, legally speaking. And if they want to hide it, they can hide it. But if they have it out in the open and you can see it, then that's for you to see. So, legal rights speaking, if you can see things and prevent harm, excellent. If they are trying to hide things that are harming other people, then see those things definitely and try to stop it. If they want to hide their emotions, then that's their own prerogative. You do not need to help them hide their emotions, or you do not need to willingly look away so that you can't see their emotions. Today, we're going to talk on the moral side of things. So is it morally right for you to read my emotions if I don't want you to read them? Or is it morally right for you to know what I'm really thinking and what I really feel even if I didn't want to verbally share that with you? 
So I wanted to tell you something else or something lighter and you want and you can see what I really mean. Is it morally right for you to do so and infringe upon or to really get inside my head and know what I'm thinking? Moral rights are a tricky dilemma. Now, we talked a little bit about it last week that if you can prevent harm from happening, then that is a moral obligation. If you can help other people, that is something that you can do morally. If you are preventing lies or seeing the truth, that is moral. It's like your conscience. You know what is right and what is wrong, and if you can do right, then that's moral. Now, many people, such as lawyers, business operators, salespeople, etc., their interests are not always the same as those whose micro-expressions and body language that they learn to spot. But these people, with their interests, so like a sale, let's take a salesperson. I am trying to sell you a car, and I know how to read micro-expressions. So my interests would be to sell you the car. Now, if your interest is in buying the car, now our interests are aligned because you want to buy a car and I want to sell you a car. However, if your interest is in not buying a car today, but you want to just do some research and I want to sell you a car today, now our interests are not aligned and there could be conflict. So if people's interests are aligned, the reader and the readee or the person who is reading microexpressions and the person who is displaying them, if their interests are aligned, then morally everything is going to flow very, very well and they are going to connect and bond and everything will be smooth. However, if their interests are not aligned, if I want to sell you a car and you are adamant that you do not want to buy one, but you are not saying you don't want to buy one, you're just doing it non-verbally, but I can see that and I keep trying to push to change your non-verbal, now I am morally infringing upon what you really want. Therefore, it is essential to be careful of what that is. So if you can see what people really want and you know that what you are trying to push on them isn't something they want, then stop pushing on them because now you are infringing on their rights. So don't do that. This is with lawyers, business operators, etc. If they see that their customers or if a lawyer sees that a client doesn't really want to do something or they're reading the jury or whomever is on the stand and they can see that information, they can really know which direction to go with it. But if they want to push them to invade their privacy, to take the information without permission that that person wouldn't want them to have, then that could be a problem. Anytime we can read body language or micro-expressions, we are learning how to see things without forewarning even, things that people do not want us to see. So are we morally obligated to shut our eyes and not see that information? Or are we morally obligated to provide them with a curtain to stand behind or a mask to wear? Or I don't think so. I mean, we're not legally obligated to do that. If they want to hide their emotions, they can hide their emotions. But then that's their job to learn how. I don't need to teach them. Okay, here's a forewarning. I know how to read micro-expressions and body language. So before we have a conversation today, let me just teach you how to block those from being leaked on your body. Let me just give you a crash course on body language, micro-expressions, and how you can hide that information so that when we do get to talking about you buying your car today, you will be able to hide those emotions so that I won't be able to see them and potentially infringe upon your moral rights to sell you a car that maybe you're not ready to buy. That person is going to walk away, man, because they're talking to a nut job.
It's their prerogative if they want to hide their emotions to hide their emotions. It's not your job to teach them. If you can see these emotions, it is your right to be able to see them. And if you can morally uh, cope with that and morally use it for good, then that is excellent. If teaching other people how to read people and body language and emotional expressions, if this is infringement on other people's rights, am I committing some kind of moral crime by teaching you how to read people, by providing you with different books, with other podcasts, with the Body Talk broadcast, with a blog on deception and operating on detecting emotions, am I committing some kind of a crime by giving you all of this information so that you can learn how to read people and detect deception and see the truth and see through the lies? Am I committing a crime by giving that, by enabling you to potentially violate someone's rights? I'm teaching people, I'm teaching you how to see the things that other people don't want seen. However, I'm also teaching people how to be better at understanding exactly what that person is feeling. So yes, it can be considered an invasion of privacy, but I am teaching you how to see things. It is up to you how you want to use them. By selling you a handgun, am I committing a crime if you take that gun and kill someone? No. That's your prerogative. However you want to use it. But by selling a handgun to you, if you use that gun, to prevent a murder, you see something in progress, an active shooter comes into the building and you are carrying that handgun and you take them down, saving the lives of those people. Am I now a hero for selling you that gun? No, you are the hero because you used what I gave you for a specific purpose. It is never the manufacturers or the teachers duty. Once they pass on information or pass on something, it is now in the hands of the person who has it. So by selling you a handgun, it is not a handgun manufacturer who is responsible for whatever the outcome is of that gun. Same way as in those signs that people stand, spoons made me fat. No, by making a spoon, I did not make you fat. It is how you used the spoon. Or McDonald's makes me fat. No, it's your choice how you use McDonald's. If you eat it every day, yeah, you're going to be fat, buddy. That's your. It's up to you. By me teaching micro-expressions and body language and how to read other people, I am not committing any sort of a crime and infringing on anyone's rights. It's how you use it. If you choose to use it to help other people and to for good, to prevent the harm of others, that's up to you. If you choose to use it to be a jerk, to call out people on their lies, to harm other people, that's up to you. I can't control that. But I can stress that it is very important for you to use it for your own benefit and to benefit other people in a combined effort to work together with all of that. So, even though it can be considered an invasion of privacy, this invasion of privacy can serve a public good. If you are seeing something that someone doesn't want seen, you can make good come of that. You can prevent crimes, you can catch bad guys, whatever, even though in other areas too. What about a caregiver or with your kids? You can see things that help. So if someone is a nurse, let's say, is taking care of an old guy and they says, hey, are you in pain? And the old guy is tough as nails and he says no, but they can see by their body language that they're really in pain. This care provider, doctor, nurse, or other caregiver can tune in and be better able to help those people 
by being able to see and understand what they really mean. Now, even though they verbally said that they didn't want treatment or they didn't want food or they didn't want this, that caregiver can see that their body language says, you know what, they really do want it. They just don't want to admit it to themselves. I'm going to provide them with care, give them a better life. They're really going to appreciate it because it's what they want. Now, oftentimes caregivers may even give care and the person doesn't want care. But if they could see the body language, then they would know, well, are they just saying they don't want care or do they really not want care? The body language will go with whatever. So if they can see the body language, that's the truth. And if they say, you know what, they said they didn't want care and their body language also says they don't want care, I'm going to leave them alone. So think of how that could be improved as well by seeing the body language. So anyone who wants to learn body language can learn how to read other people and know what they're really saying. Whether or not they use it to help people or to harm people is up to them. But in the business of caregiving and hospitality, this can be tremendous. How many times do you go to a nursing home and you see people who may be on machines or on treatment that they really don't want to be on? It happens a lot. And if we could read the body language to be able to understand that, you know what, they really don't want to be on that machine or they really don't want that treatment or they don't want to eat or whatever the case is, then we can help them with their wish. Now, obviously, you know, if they're willingly harming themselves or something and they really want to harm themselves by whatever, people who cut themselves or something, if that's their intention, that's, you know, not our, and we see that they really want to do that, that's not something we want to encourage. You know, that's our job then morally and probably legally too to prevent that and then get them some help because that's obviously not healthy. But if there are certain situations where these people want to either get treatment or not get treatment or be put on a machine or not be put on a machine and they can verbally say one thing or another but we can see the body language behind that, now we can be much more effective in providing them with the proper care. Same thing with attorneys with anything in the legal system, if we can see what people are really meaning, not only will a lot of people become more honest, because now that they'll all say, well, we can all see this thing, what's the point in lying anymore? Now, I'm not advocating that everybody learns and we all become a robot community of people who just always tell the truth and people who say, well, what's the point? Because they can see it anyway. Now we're going to have something called learned hopelessness. What's the point? We can't do it anyway. That's not going to be a good thing. We're going to all lose a mentality and it'll just we'll go downhill from there big time. And not everyone's going to learn microexpressions and body language anyway. Not everyone can comprehend it. Not everyone can see it. It is truly a skill and it is a skill you can learn, but it isn't going to be learned overnight. It is going to be something that you learn over extended periods of time that you really, really do need to practice and see all of the time. So getting back to the dilemmas, Legality, let's recap that a little bit. Is it legally okay for you to see these things on people if they don't want you to see them? Yes, it is your gift. If you can do something, it is your right to do so, even if you uh, are not, if someone else doesn't want you to do it, it is still your right to do it. Unless you are harming someone, it is your right to do so. So if you can see something, it is your right to see it. If you can understand something, it is your right to understand it. If they want to conceal the expressions on their own body, it is their right to conceal them, but you don't have to shut your eyes when talking to them. They can learn how to conceal it on their own. That is their prerogative, their volition. 
Are you legally obligated to help and tell the truth or to prevent certain things from happening? Legally, gray area. Are you morally obligated? I would say yes. It is your moral right, your moral obligation to do good. If you can do good and you have the ability to prevent evil from happening or to prevent harm from happening, then I'd say that is your duty to prevent that harm from happening. You need to do good whenever you can to help yourself and to help other people. And if by reading other people and understanding what they're really saying is going to help you do good and help you be a better person and help other people be better and live better lives, then by all means, read other people and really know what they are saying. Show people that you care about them by understanding them and by communicating with them more effectively. That is what this is. This is communication. Body language is a form of communication, nonverbal communication. Now, experts have said that nonverbal communication is 70% of, of the body language of the language we speak. Some have argued it's even 94%. 94% of our communication is nonverbal. That's huge. I mean, that is astronomical. If 94% of the things that we are talking about happen behind the scenes, and you can start to see even 50% of that 94? Now think about it. Even Let's just say it's 70 for the benefit of the doubt. So you're only understanding currently 30% of what's going on. Now if you can see another 50, now you understand 80% of what's going on. That's huge. Even if you understand another 20, and you get 50% total overall, and you're understanding 50% of the conversation rather than only 30% of the conversation, people are going to see that. People are going to recognize that and they're going to be like, man, how does this guy always know what is going on and how does he always know what I need and how does he really know that, that he cares? This guy just cares so much about all these other people. They're going to see that and you are going to become an excellent display, an excellent witness, testimony, whatever word you want to use for other people. And they're going to see that you are more observant and more aware of what's going on, and people are going to notice that and recognize that, and you may even inspire them to better themselves and become more aware as well. So this is something that it is a big responsibility for you to be able to see and understand body language and behavior. And if this is a responsibility that you want to have, if this is a skill that you may already have or that you've been learning. I mean, obviously, if you've been listening to Body Talk over the past several months, this is something you want to do. Therefore, I encourage you to learn all you can about body language, deception, reading people, micro-expressions. Keep studying because as you dig deeper into this field, it is going to become more and more fascinating. It will. I guarantee it. It will become very fascinating for you and you are going to love it. And how you use this information is up to you. But this information is out there and it is available for you. I've written several books. I have blog posts, other podcasts, broadcasts, other different websites that you can use. You can see them all on spencerkaufman.com. You can use that information however you choose. So for those of you out there who feel that being read is an invasion of your privacy, human rights, etc., Remember that not everyone can read people. Not everyone can see these things. In fact, 
90%, 99% of the population has no clue what's going on in body language. Remember, not everyone can read people, so don't be self-conscious. Be conscious of self, as we talked about before. In addition, even those who can read people, they may not be able to determine the reasons why you exhibit those behaviors without asking you. So they may be able to see certain things, but they don't know what they mean. They don't know what they mean on you. Because behaviors have many different signs and meanings. Therefore, even though they can read other people, it isn't as if they are reading your mind because they cannot determine that without asking you, without talking to you. If you're still concerned about that, you'll have to learn how to control your leakage, how to control your body language so that you become more unreadable. And that's up to you. Just remember that most people, I mean, because there are so many different signs and so many different meanings behind these signs, most people cannot see them all. Most people do not know what them all. Not even, I don't even know all of them. I don't even know, like, if you display something, I don't know what it means every single time. That comes through conversation. We talk more and then I learn more. So don't be self-conscious about any of this. Just be conscious and aware of yourself. Develop self-awareness and develop awareness of other people and keep on studying. Thank you for listening to the Body Talk broadcast. I hope you'll tune in again next week so that you can learn what everybody is really saying. Until then, go through life with your eyes open.